everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of the Badland Girls. I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. I'm trying a lot of energy right now. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 11 a.m. Yeah. on a Saturday and we're going to start off high fucking energy today. Woo, 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 woo. How's everybody doing? <laughs> How are you, Rhea? I am doing pretty good today. And you? That's I'm good. I uh, went to the grocery store. I got some Palentine's presents for Palentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did I do? Um, yesterday, I went out with some pals, and we talked over jackass movies. And uh, they're just still at it, aren't they? Those jackass boys. Are they? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I feel like... I don't actually know, but my friends love them, and I just, I, I don't get it, but <laughs> it was fun to watch it with them. You know, I watched one Jackass movie, and that was enough Jackass to last me a lifetime. I used to watch the show, and I thought it was okay, but, like, I have a thing. I don't like watching people get hurt, and I don't like poop, and I don't like puke, so it's really hard for me to watch. Yeah, ugh. Ugh, now I'm remembering <laughs> some stunts they did in the first movie. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where I'll watch it, but under duress, I suppose. <laughs> one of my good nope, friends just... has a huge crush on Johnny Knoxville, and it's just like, I support you because you're my friend, but mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh,. A... I just was going to say note to self, Badland girls do not like um, jackass shit. <laughs> I like some of it. I can't say I'm above it. Like, I did laugh a lot last night at some of the stunts. But most of it, I was, like, covering my eyes. <laughs> oh, boy. It's so weird. I can watch a horror movie where, like, awful things happen. But for some reason, if it's real, I'm like, ooh. Well, I guess because it's real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, so that's what I did. That's my kickoff to the weekend. The weekend. Mm. Um, trying to think if I had anything else. I've been really into fountain pens lately, and I've been getting a lot of new ones. And I noticed uh, this. You... What what <laughs> what spawned this? Pretty <laughs> much what spawned it was I bought a Lamy Safari. Um gosh like two years ago and I used it a little bit but it, like I would always accidentally wait until like I would forget I had had it and then I'd be like oh I should write with this and then the ink would dry out and I'd be like ah, ah and I hated inking it by myself but now I'm fine inking them by myself but anyway so I rediscovered the Lamy and then I was like oh I should get another fountain pen I really like the way they feel I like trying out different colors of ink and it just kind of went overboard from there like I got <laughs> like a couple of cheap ones and then I got a couple of kind of cheap one like you know a little bit higher than that I haven't bought anything over 40 bucks oh wait that's not true I bought one <laughs> pen that's in the that's coming but oh. <laughs> I just oh. did yeah and I am saving up for a really expensive one because that's the thing about fountain pens you can get really good cheap ones like i recommend the platinum preppy which is like a seven dollar pen 
or the Pilot Kakuno, which is a $13 Japanese. I think they're both Japanese pens. Um, but anyway, uh, I could go on, but I, I have about 15 of them and I have so many inks. I have like three different shades of purple, two different shades of blue, two shades of green, like just so many inks. It's out of control. And I have different colors. I have two rainbow pens. I have a third coming. I have two blue. I have like four purple pens. It's out of control. No. I only have like three. One three of them will pens? Cost... Yeah. Two of them are Kakunos. And then one is a, a refillable one uh, that I can use dip ink in. And I don't cool. know what brand it is because I can't see it on the pen. Oops. Is that the one I got you? Uh, no. Okay. I assume uh, that pen just fell apart. I have no... I bought you that when I didn't know anything about fountain pens. <laughs> yeah. It was... It's all it says on the side is made in Japan. Okay. <laughs> huh. I wonder what brand okay. it is. Now I'm like, I gotta look at that noob. Let me at that noob. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it for you later. Thanks. Yeah. Oh boy, cool. but yeah, but that's the thing into... that sparks joy. Oh, I'm glad it sparked joy for you. <laughs> I am. Thank you. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna get into it here. I I tweeted this out a couple days ago. No, I yesterday I think. But I am now a student of the occult. Woo! One of us. One of us. <laughs> gabba gabba. Yeah, we yeah, accept yeah, you. Yeah, we accept yeah, you. Yeah. One of us. <laughs> Uh, so I think I might have mentioned this before. Um, I'm not sure though. I have like, I have a lot of different open conversation threads and I can't keep track of where I said what <laughs> and when. So, well, if you repeat yourself, it doesn't matter because I'm yeah. always listening. Aw, thank you. So I read this book called How to Study Magic by Sarah Lyons. And it's basically an introduction to like, five pillars of magic and how you can kind and gives you a quick history on each of them and then a quick spell and you know uh, a little section of quick spell that you can perform to because she and journaling prompts because the author says she feels like uh doing is the best way of knowing that if you want to study this type of magic so the magic she covers in this book is chaos magic, uh, grimoires, ceremonial magic, uh, just traditional witchcraft, and pagan pagan gods. And I found all of them really fascinating. And I thought they were really cool. You can tell, I think, I, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but you could tell that uh, she might lean more like chaos magician. And she said that she feels chaos magic is the most easily accessible out of all of them. Or because she, I think she even mentioned that she gives, when people say they're interested in witchcraft or magic, she gives them like a Phil Hines book. And uh, I don't know, I found all the reading about the different types of magic really fascinating. I am kind of at the point where I don't know if I want to start a magical practice in my life, but I definitely want to read more about it. And I, cause I find this kind of, it's like an alternate history and I find it fascinating. So I want well, to be surrounded I've, by books of the occult. 
I could definitely loan you some if you want some like more like basic uh, intro stuff. Yes. On like yeah, I, I and like how magic works and stuff. I have a lot of books on that. And then if you actually want to start practicing, uh, holler at your girl. Of course, of course, because it doesn't take much. Like, have you done some of the prompts in the book that you read? Uh, no, not yet. But she said one of the things that I found really helpful is that she said, you know, just start small, just do something like every day or every other day. And then your, she said your practice will build up naturally to that. And then to be honest with you, I, I didn't realize I was already kind of doing that with my daily tarot draws. Yeah, that's a practice. I was about to say that. It's, it's interesting. Studying the occult is interesting for me because I was just raised and I kind of adopted for myself to just be a very huge skeptic. I'm a huge skeptic and a rationalist, but you know what? It's 2023 and I think I want to let some, some magic into my life because I think it would be good for me. Open up your, yeah, open your mind, relax, float upstream, get some magic in your life. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think that's what that Beatles song is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's something I've been practicing off and on since 2015. And um, like I've talked about it on the podcast before and it's enriched my life in so many ways. So I have like so many resources if you like want videos or books or even podcasts, I can recommend stuff. Um, and like, and there's spells you can do. I have a whole book devoted to spells you can do just with a deck of tarot cards. Nice. I'd love so that. Like if, if something, and, and the thing about chaos magic is it's highly customizable. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you want to just try like a thought experiment, like you can just think of all the spells as thought experiments. Like, okay, I have a math test coming up. Let me just channel the energy of Spock to be the most best at this math test I can be. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be an elaborate ritual with candles and a robe and a full moon. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a big elaborate thing unless you want it to be. Um, That's the beauty of it. Like, it can be as simple as a gesture um, or a word, or it can be a prayer. Like, there's just... You know, there's a lot of ways to practice magic. That's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. And like, I'm sort of on the path where I'm all over the place and uh, I'm like in the middle of revamping my practice and it's it's been really fun. Oh, that's awesome. We should definitely have an episode where we talk more about this. But yeah, for I, sure. Uh, I love I love talking about this. It's just very fascinating to me. I need yeah, to go I'm a back big and <laughs> I need to go back and re-listen to some of the um, Alistair Crowley episodes that last podcast did. <laughs> that weirdo. I know. I'm studying his tarot deck right now. He's such a weirdo. Like everything, he's so Freudian. Like I forget how impactful Freud was at that. Like point. Well, I guess this is a little pre-Freud. But, like, once Freud's theories started coming out, like, it just impacted magic so deeply. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Interesting. <laughs> well, what was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched, I watched um, two movies with a couple of friends. I watched Joe Dante's Piranha. I love which Piranha. Which is, 
It's so funny. I had never seen it before. <laughs> uh, had a blast watching the, those kids getting bit up uh, <laughs> and that boat explode. My God, what a ridiculous <laughs> film. It's got mutants in it in like the first half and then it just never comes up again. And it's just weird. It's a weird movie. Uh, I really had a blast watching it. Uh, and then the other movie I watched was the Weird Al classic, which right in the middle of it, I realized I had seen it, UHF. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a that's a fun movie. It's really cute. There's lots of ridiculousness in it. Some we of it has aged the this. best, but... Oh, you, we were? Yeah, at our, at our little luncheon. We were talking about oh. the Weird Al movie and UHF. Yes, that's right. And it was right before I had gotten with those friends, I think. Oh, nice. But yeah, so those are my two movies. Just some, they both have uh, that guy in it. Uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but I mentioned it on repertory screening. So, so it was technically a double feature of that random character actor who plays Weird Al's uh, rival in UHF. He also plays the doctor in Piranha. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Very silly. I'm going to pull up his name while you're talking about your movies. Okay. Well, the last movie I watched was just yesterday. And it's technically, well, I don't know if it counts as movie. Who gives a shit? I went to go see BTS Yet to Come Live in Cinemas, which is a uh, filmed version of their free concert they held in Busan, Korea uh, last October. And it fucking ruled. Uh, it was so cool just to. It was in their. It was at Alamo Draft House, and it was in their Dolby Atmos theater. So the sound was popping, and they all looked amazing. And the song and the set list was incredible. And man, like Suga was like going hard as fuck. He's like this little yeah. cat rapper, and he was going hard. He was bouncing off that stage it was awesome oh my dream is to see them live someday i had so much fun just watching them in a theater i want to see them live yeah i wish you could also one last thing that i want to bring up uh was there weren't very many people in the theater but uh i noticed in the beginning of the concert i saw like a light reflecting off the screen and i'm like is someone have their cell phone light on? And I looked around and I couldn't see anything. And then it happened again a couple more times. And then I realized somebody brought their army bomb, which is a light stick you can bring to concerts, and was fucking waving it around during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Delighted me to no end. And then at the end of the movie, when the lights came up, this same girl, she was like, uh, she said, we only have, we can make it to 2025, everyone. Which is when their BTS is going to reunite as a group after they're all done with their military service, which was just delightful. It was nice to share a theater <laughs> with other fellow ARMY members, which I, I greatly enjoyed. But yes, it was cool. I liked it a lot. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. That's cool. I got the actor's name, Kevin McCarthy. It was a Kevin oh McCarthy my God. double feature. Uh, yeah, that guy, he was in the Death of a Salesman movie way back in 1951. He lived to be 96 years old, uh, and he just was, like, doing a bunch of stuff after uh, his heyday. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, so that was fun and, like, completely unintentional. 
<laughs> well, no, it actually went like this. We were watching uh, Piranha, and then my friend goes, oh, that's the guy from UHF. Let's watch UHF. <laughs> oh, cool. Wasn't he also an invasion of the body snatchers? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. Yes, he was. That was his big thing. And uh, aside from the death of a salesman, which he got an Oscar nomination for. Oh, cool. All right. Now it's time to move on to... Aw, Badland Girl. girl. That's That's my my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? My jam is a smooth bit of R&B from last year. Uh, Steve Lacey's Mercury off of his album Gemini Writes. Which is my favorite album title. <laughs> yeah. That's right, everyone. I gotta get you a shirt that says Gemini Rights. As the Gemini we in my, one of the Gemini's to in not my life. be hated. Why are we so hated? Capricorns <laughs> also have a bad rap, so I feel you. Not as bad okay. as a Gemini, but we have a re- reputation for being cold and uh, money hungry. So uh, we, we have a reputation of being gossips. I'm not gonna deny it. But <laughs> I just, I, it's not as bad. I feel like the, the sign with the worst reputation is Scorpio. Scorpios get, get get all kinds of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think Scorpios are wonderful, mysterious, secretive wonders. And I am in awe of them. Man, every Scorpio I've met is a bitch. So <laughs> I just... <laughs> Well, I live with a Scorpio who is not a bitch. Okay, uh, okay, okay. My, my, the Scorpios in my life are sweet, sweet darlings, and I love them. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of my roommate and uh, my uh, one of my good friends, Matt. Uh, they're my M is a Scorpio and Matt is a Scorpio, and I and I think they're both great. <laughs> the Scorpios I'm referring to were two bitches that I worked with, and man, they were like. <laughs> It was Scorpio turned up to 11, man. That's awful. <laughs> I've never had anybody be a jerk. And then, like, I'm trying to think, like, if it was stereotypical to their sign. But I guess, like, you know, your worst qualities can come out. And, you know, it, it is fun to be like, oh, it's a fucking, it's the, it's the Taurus thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is fun um, to kind of do that. I've been doing oh, that yeah. a lot where this- if I'm feeling super talkative or I'm like Gemini energy. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I have total Capricorn playlists. I like try to like channel that energy when I'm trying to study it. It's useful in a lot of ways. We'll have to do yes. an episode on astrology. Cause it's, just, it's yes, something I, that I've been studying. Yeah. I would love to do one. Cause I'd love to talk about our, our rising signs and our moon signs as well. And we can talk about your studies. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, talk about we can do our charts and then like have people Ooh. write in. I, off the mic, off the mic, talk. Uh, back okay. to Gemini rights. So Mercury is like this super multi-layered, like smooth R and B. It almost has like a bossa nova beat to it, and it the, it opens with the line, "Gemini, I'm a myth and a legend." <laughs> And I just, Ooh. I fucking love Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey is so good. This whole, like, I've just been listening to this album all week. Uh, God, that sounds incredible. He, he was in the band The Internet. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I am not, unfortunately. They were like an Odd Future splits off. Uh, odd Future being the rap group that Tyler, the creator, comes from. And Earl Sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, but yeah, they were kind of involved with them. And then like, there's a bunch of different musicians that kind of rotated through the internet and Steve Lacey just happens to be one that just really took off and he's, um, very young and it's like the newest music I've probably listened to in a very long time. Uh, but <laughs> that's not true. I keep up with new music a little bit, but not as much as I did when I was younger. Uh, we mm. kind of, we're going to go into that later, but anyway, yeah, I love this song. I, it's been my alarm for the last like two weeks and it's just, it's the best. Nice. Love it. We should, we should make a playlist of all our jams. Oh, I know. That's a good idea. Oh shit. That's a long ass playlist. I know. We'll have to just start one from like a random month and just be like, here are all the jams from February. Here are all the jams from March. There's so many good podcast ideas I'm having on mic. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is such a casual podcast. Enjoy it, everyone. We do you not love care. It. Yes. We do not care. Yeah. Well, my jam. <laughs> we love you, but. Yeah, I love We you. love ourselves more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, my jam is called American Teenager by Ethel Kane. Uh, I came to know of this artist because I guess Obama put her song on his year-end playlist of favorite songs. And then she called him out saying, like, did not expect a a former president to put my anti-war song on his playlist and on my 2022 bingo card. And I'm just like, ah, Obama probably didn't even create that playlist, girl. (laughs) Uh It was probably one of his PR team. But I was interested and I looked it up. And I was expecting kind of like sad girl Phoebe Bridgers energy. But she's actually very strange. She has kind of like a dream pop kind of grunge vibe to her music. It's very weird. And the lyrics are very Southern Gothic, which you put Gothic in anything. I'm sitting in the front row with my hands crossed across the desk. And she's deeply spiritual. Uh, She came from a Southern Baptist upbringing. She's deeply spiritual, but she's very, she's not religious. uh, Like if, if that makes sense. And she talks about a lot of kind of like the dark Americana themes. And man, do I love Southern Gothic and dark Americana. And she's just this little queer young woman making weird music. And I was listening to her album and there's like some tracks on there that are just like Lynchian kind of uh, vibes with no, with no words. And it's just like, it's, I was pretty blown away. It was a very unique album and I really, really liked it. What's and that song, again? American, Ethel Kane. Okay, I'm gonna look her up. Yeah. I might get I was... on making that playlist for February. Yeah. It was just really cool. And American Teenager is a really good song and she has an incredible voice. I, I really like her. I like her a lot. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna check her out. Um, Sorry, I'm putting her into my Spotify so I don't forget her. Okay. Her picture looks like somebody's last known photo. Yeah, like exactly. Like she picture. has a lot of that energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got an album called Preacher's Daughter, an album called Inbred. Interesting. Yeah. It's very cool. And speaking of playlists, I also have decided this year, kind of inspired by our friend uh Ben, uh, who makes monthly playlists. Uh, I decided to do a, uh, playlist for every 
month, this month, with one song a day. So, like, it's a song a day playlist, and it's kind of a good way for me to just track what my listening trends, and I don't feel, like, the pressure of, like, oh, no, there's too little songs, or there's too many songs, uh, by having it mapped out to, like, a song a day, it really kind of helps me kind of focus. And it's it's already fun. I got a lot of good feedback when I shared the playlist on my Instagram. And I'm really excited to make more of these playlists. Uh, I the... have... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I said, I listened to some of it, and I, I, what I so far it's been amazing. So, yeah, oh. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, a lot of the January playlist was full of Bluey songs, Bluey being the children's cartoon about a family of dogs that is now my current obsession. And I just, and they, it has such a good uh, musical score. And I, I, they had an album come out and I really liked it and it has a lot of good music on it. And uh, I can't remember what other stuff I put on there. I know I put the Venga Boys up and down because I just had a craving to listen to that in January. <laughs> and I don't know why. But man, I just I love that fucking 90s techno. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of Mitski songs from Mitski's last album. There's some yeah, yeah. Brokeback Mountain soundtrack. There's Trixie Mattel. Uh, let's see. It's all over the place. Churches, Rico Nasty. Uh, yeah, that was Bluey, my favorite song. Of on, yeah, that was my favorite <laughs> song on your Capricorn playlist was that Smack a Bitch. That song fucking rules. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, no. Rico Nasty is just one of my favorite people. Yeah. Just uh, hands down. Her Instagram is a lot of fun. And sometimes she'll post about her kid. And she's just she's a fun mom. She's a fun yeah. mom, but she's also a wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What a great combo. <laughs> yeah, my Capricorn playlist is, I put that on every Monday morning. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a good ass playlist. Yeah, a lot of the songs <laughs> were taken you. from there because like you put nonstop on there and I'm like, oh yeah, reminder that nonstop is the best jam on that fucking Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> It's also the Capricorn's anthem. <laughs> Everybody telling you to take a break and you're like, but I got so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you write like you're running out of time? Out of time. <laughs> I know it's not yeah. cool to like Hamilton anymore, but that song does slap. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't care. I, uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, there are, everyone's terrible. Who gives a fucking shit? <laughs> I'm just giving the preface the little yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, but yeah, so uh, our vegan meat and potatoes of this episode is uh, last week, I think, or maybe this week, Destiny dropped in one of our group chats her top 10 albums of all time. And I thought that was such an interesting thing to kind of kind of like gather and, and analyze because for me personally, like, I, I find myself more, like, single-focused. So, like, I like a handful of sig- singles from certain albums or, like, tracks. And then, so I wanted us to get together and talk about our top ten albums. And this was kind of hard for me because, like, I had to choose albums that I'm, like, these are albums that I like from start to finish. Like, no skipping for me. And uh, I feel like they really define who I am. Like, what about you? Like, what drove you to create your playlist? Um, well, one, I hadn't assessed what my favorite albums were in, like, 
decades at this point. Like, I hadn't really thought about it. It was something that I used to do all the time. Uh, As a teenager, we just made lists all the time. It was one of our, like, pastimes. We would just make lists. And um, I I just hadn't done it in a while. And I was like, where am I musically? Because I... How I've been like listening to so much new stuff in the last like couple of years or a couple of decades that like I hadn't really reassessed my musical identity. Um, so that's what kind of what making the list was. And then like my criterion was mostly I tried to do just the ones that uh, were truest to my instinct, like um and i have uh explanations for everything i've listed but um i i went with your criteria of like no skippable tracks i mean there's a couple where i do skip them now because i've just listened to them for so many years that like i know what i want to hear but Mm -hmm. in theory i don't usually skip a track and uh they just make me happy um but yeah that's kind of where i went with that and then you know just oh i'll get into it i'll get into it yeah (laughs) do you want to do 10 to 1 10 to 1 uh yeah well i think yeah we let's go back and forth okay okay um so you start with your 10 and then i'll do my 10 okay so my 10 is a rather new album but it's midnights by taylor swift and it seems a little bit of an unconventional choice because this album just came out last year but while there are other Taylor Swift albums that I like, Reputation being high up there, and Red and 1989, I feel like her growth as an artist has really kind of um, solidified with this album. And like, there's a lot of little bits of Red and Reputation and 1989 that she puts into this album that I really like. I feel like in this one, she's finally just embracing the sad girl persona that she's always kind of toyed with, but never really felt brave enough, I think, to fully commit to it. And now she's just full on committing to it. And I think it re- it suits her well. And uh, I think that it, it has a lot of good beats and I feel like she did a really good job. So it's kind of like everything like distilled to this moment of just creating this like really good album. It's one of her best she's ever done. So... Like I said, a little bit weird because I've been into Taylor Swift for a while, but yeah, I think Midnight's is my number 10. Cool. Uh, as you know, not a Taylor fan, but I yeah. appreciate that, uh, you know, you find something of worth in her. And it's <laughs> 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 so condescending. I didn't mean it that way. No, I, okay. I'm trying to say that uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad that she's still doing it for you. Yeah. Um, my number 10 is an album from an artist I didn't even like that much until this album came out. This album made me a fan of them. Uh, I obviously was a Destiny's Child fan growing up. Uh, this is all just a lead up to say that 2016's Lemonade by Beyonce is my number 10. Um, I don't know what it is. Okay, I'm going to try to verbalize what it is I like so much about this album. One, it's just very real. It's very, like raw like she's clearly going through it with her husband as everybody knows this is the jay-z how dare you cheat on me album uh uh and i really liked how real she got like i really appreciated the candid beyonce 
And then she gets into her family and she gets into blackness and she gets into just a bunch of different things, different themes that make this album like a very rich text. Um, and it's, and it's very hard to like pick a favorite, but, um, I think my favorite song on it might be Freedom featuring Kendrick Lamar, who will appear on this list later, um, which is just this fucking great anthem of celebrating selfhood. Selfhood and then like the ancestors that um, made you you. Awesome. I also, uh, Lemonade was also the album that made me like a super fan of uh, Beyonce. Um I feel like she's never been more real and I don't know if she'll ever get that real again. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I need her to like, she's having yeah. fun. Like the, the new album, um, why am I blanking out on the name? Renaissance celebration. Renaissance. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was a one word. Uh, <laughs> Renaissance is fucking fabulous, but like, I, I do love the realness. I do. But I, I understand why she would need to follow up an album like Lemonade with an album like Renaissance. Like, it makes mm-hmm. perfect logical sense to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize we were going to do a favorite track, so let me say my I favorite I meant to track. tell you. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. Uh, my favorite track off Midnight's is Maroon. Whenever Taylor sings about a color, I really like it. And that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. I like it a lot. <laughs> That's very, very cute. I love when she sings about the rainbow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So my number nine album is So Jealous by Tegan and Sarah. Ooh, good and one. This was the first album of theirs that I was exposed to. And while I do like songs from their other albums, I feel like Tegan and Sarah have taken a very predictable trajectory with their music where they started off kind of acoustic-y rock and have now moved mostly into like synth kind of pop, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something so raw and rock and roll about So Jealous. And the song, my favorite song off the album is I Bet It Stung, which is the most rock and roll song I think they've ever done. It's really hard It doesn't have that kind of charming, you know, where does the good go? Which is also from this album. And I I love it. There's a lyric on there like, I love the rock and roll. I love the rock and roll. And man, uh, it gets me every time. It's such a simple lyric, but I I just fall for it. This is such a cool album. That's one of my favorite songs. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I think you introduced me to that because I don't think I was listening to Tegan and Sarah before I met you, which is really weird for a straight person to introduce me to Tegan and Sarah, but (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it? Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, this album is just so good to me. I need to listen to their latest album and uh, they're on TikTok now and they're both really funny on TikTok. They have a TV show too, like a show based on their lives. Yeah, on their book in high school, that show looks good i heard it was good so i heard it was good too i'm, yeah. I'm not gonna watch it because i have no time for television but th- <laughs> i have to prioritize my television very very uh carefully but i'm proud of them yeah M- my number nine is a 1994 classic the nirvana unplugged in new york album Ooh. uh i recently bought this on purple vinyl and uh it is uh, it sparks joy much like my fountain pens 
I, I don't, it's my favorite Nirvana album. I, I, uh, every time the man who sold the world comes on, don't tell David Bowie, but I prefer their version. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it's just every, like I, in high school, my friends would make fun of me cause I would always burn CDs for them and I would always put that song on it. I love that though. It's your song. <laughs> it's my signature song. Uh, it, it, I think that's my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite song on the album. Uh, with a uh, shout out to Something in the Way because that version of Something in the Way is fucking amazing. But yeah, mm. uh, just a great album. It's very funny, very lovely moments of Kurt Cobain uh, before we lost him. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. It's just a good time. If you've never listened to it through, you should listen to it. It's one of the more amazing kind of live sets and really shows how versatile this uh, grunge band was, in my opinion. I agree, yeah. Wow. For sure. I, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so my number eight is Movement by The Gossip. Uh, this album, uh, it's their second album. Um, and again, this is an album, their last album, before they went into a more synth-pop direction. Again, I have nothing against synth-pop. I love synth-pop so much. But this album is... But you are is, a rocker at heart. It, it's true. I am a true <laughs> rocker at heart, heart. And this fucking album it goes hard as fuck. It is so filled with punk energy that I, I love it so much. I, I think it's interesting... When people hear Beth Ditto's voice, uh, they they kind of liken her to like a soul singer from the 60s. And while there is a lot of that in this album, she was really channeling Polly Styrene. Polystyrene. Uh, Poly st- yeah, Polly I feel like a lot of, like she was screaming. Like there's one track that she just like screams. It's called Confess and it's amazing. But my favorite track off the album is Fire Sign because it has a lot of hand claps and it really kind of shows you the amazing tone of her voice and and how well it kind of this kind of blue blues soulful voice goes with kind of this art punk rock. That was really cool, man. I I love that album so much. I used to love the gossip. I have not kept up with them. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their whole deal is now. But that was a band I was really into. I follow Beth Ditto. A few years ago, she released a solo album where she really leaned in to like her her kind of Bruce Springsteen era rock. And it turned out really well. It was really beautiful. And uh, she also had a minor role on a television show with Kirsten Dunst as a star. And I think she is going to be in an upcoming TV show as well. So my little, my little fat babe mom still rocking it. Awesome. Yeah. My number eight is just, it's another classic. I'm sorry that I grew up on VH1 and Rolling Stone. Uh, but it is <laughs> 1972's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spider of the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is an album that I, you know, it was always on my periphery, but I was never like, okay, so I didn't get really into David Bowie until like pretty much around the same time I started practicing magic, like around uh, 24. 
2015, 2014, like right before he died. Like I remember my birthday was January 4th and I remember telling everybody at my birthday dinner, uh, oh, I've been listening to so much David Bowie, you guys. And then like a week later he was gone. You know, Uh, I was going to bring up this birthday too, because it really (laughs) stuck in my mind how much you just kept talking about the new David Bowie is so good, guys. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It it was. Uh, David Bowie's great. Yeah, he has another appearance on my chart. Uh, but this is the first one. Um, it's an album that, you know, lots has been written about it and lots has been said about it. But in the end, it is just a fucking solid rock and roll album. And uh, my favorite song on the album is the last track, Rock and Roll Suicide, merely for, not merely, but... Uh, the line, there's this part near the end where he says, you're wonderful. Give me your hands. You're wonderful. And like, I don't know. There's just something really affirming and like, I don't know. It's, it's borderline spiritual for me, this song. Uh, oh, that's so beautiful. I, just, I love it so much. I love it so, so much. And, and shout out to Moon Age Daydream because that song is also fucking the bomb. Dot com. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I have to listen to that song now after this because yeah, you do. That lyric that you just described sounded so beautiful, and I need that energy in my life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not even like a, an especially deep lyric, but there went right when he died. Uh, they did an episode of the Best Show where Tom Sharpling kind of paid tribute to him in his sound collage that he made because he did a sound collage every episode. And he isolated just David Bowie saying that. And it was just like, it shook me to my core. Ooh. Oh, I love when moments like that happen. Mm-hmm. What's so, your next album? To continue on the rock and roll train, this is a theme of my top ten. <laughs> but my next album is I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. Uh, I bought this album in high school when I was a senior in high school and cause I just really wanted to get into Joan Jett for some reason. And this album, cause she's cool and hot. Yeah. This album is flawless (laughs) from start to finish. It is so fucking good. She, uh, was the queen of bringing like fifties and sixties rock and roll and doo wop sensibilities to like eighties rock. And Nothing expresses this sentiment more than the song Bits and Pieces on this album, which fucking is such a jam. It rules so good. It rules so fucking hard. I love this <laughs> album so fucking much. It's just amazing. She I... was so young when she did it, and she had to create her own label to release it because no one would sign her, even though she had an amazing track record with the Runaways. Sexism in action! And That's a shame, because she didn't deserve that. No, she didn't. Like, I, I found that out. Like, yeah, like, she'd already had, like, it was at least, like, good five years with the Runaways, and they had multiple hit singles. And then she broke off to do solo, and, like, she has 
like I think in her Blackheart Studios, the rejection le- le- uh, letter from like Capital or something saying that even though she was an established musician with the Runaways, they just weren't interested in her music. And then she releases this album herself and releases the single "I Love Rock and Roll," which is a cover, and it was it immediately went to number one, and she's been I didn't independent know it was a ever cover. since. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, it's like some glam rock song. <laughs> she no likes idea. a lot of glam rock. Yeah, glam rock is great, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I did not know that. That is just that's a revelation. But and, yeah. and knowing that she like produced that independently is even more badass. Yeah, especially at a time when that wasn't very common. But it was, uh, well, like for an artist of her caliber who was like on a major label and then had to, couldn't get signed to any major label. She is the coolest motherfucker in the world. I love her. Uh, what a cool, I have not listened to that album through, so I will have to do that. Um, my number seven is an album that is very close to my heart from one of my, actually my favorite band Everybody knows it. Radiohead's OK Computer. Yeah. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. One. (laughs) uh, This came out when music was, at least like alternative music, was kind of going in a direction that was just, you know, boring. And OK Computer Mm -hmm. came out and it made it less boring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) With their weird, spacey, sort of uh, cynical um, look at the future. Radiohead kind of, I don't know, I think they changed the shape of things. And uh, this is just an album that really, I don't know how to talk about it. Because I love it so much and I've loved it for so long. Um, I did not originally get into Radiohead until 2000 when... Uh, I saw them on Saturday Night Live promoting Kid A. So I bought this album after I had heard Kid A. And I knew the singles. Like, I was familiar with No Surprises and Karma Police and um, Paranoid Android because they all had singles, you know, videos for them. And I remember Mm. thinking they were cool because they had cool videos. Um, But I didn't really listen to it carefully. And then when I got it and listened, I just remember, like, getting this feeling in my chest like this is beautiful i don't want to listen to anything else uh favorite song on okay computer don't make me pick i can't pick sorry (laughs) (laughs) like i guess for this week it's lucky but it'll be different tomorrow (laughs) oh i love that though that's so cool (laughs) it's one of my all-time favorites nice well Uh, My number six, it's time to get, what would a list, a Rhea list be without a fake band on it? So (laughs) (laughs) my number six is the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack from, I don't know, it was 2000 maybe, (laughs) from the, for the movie with uh, Rachel Lee Cook. And I, I, I'm always surprised that this ends up on my favorite list but then also I'm not surprised. So I saw this movie with a free movie pass that I got from the student newspaper that I was a staff member on in high school. And uh-huh. I was just blown away by the music in the movie. I bought the album. And for a movie that's a fake with a fake band, these songs rock pretty fucking hard. 
they're really <laughs> cool songs and they stand up to the test of time. And I love, it's so much monkey's energy. Like, I love that. Like, I love that. I love, it's such an Amer- American thing to like a fake band to me. <laughs> and I, and I, I super duper love this album. I listen to it all the time. And uh, my favorite song off this album is uh, Shapeshifter, which is a really good pop rock song and has this really amazing kind of like lyric where she goes, whatever, dude. And I always thought that was super cool. <laughs> I love that movie. I didn't see that movie until rather late. So I uh, definitely had to eat crow because I was like really like oh it looks bad and then when I saw it I was like it's actually pretty good yeah <laughs> oh man number six um number six making her debut on my favorite album list is Bjork with Homogenic ooh uh this album I don't know I went through this period in like 2019 where I was just only listening to Bjork uh, and it was just, everything just kind of fit together in the synchronicitous flow of I was in love with someone and it was springtime <laughs> and there was a lot of poetry and magic and just loveliness. And she was the perfect soundtrack to that year. Um, I think my favorite song on this album is, oh, it's a tie between, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's either Joga or Yoga or I don't know how to speak Icelandic <laughs> or uh, All is Full of Love, which is just a song that I think of when I think of like the mindfulness practice of loving kindness that comes out of the Buddhist tradition. I think of her singing All is Full of Love. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, that is just, she's an artist that uh, I've always been fascinated with. And then when I did that deep dive, I was like, why are you perfect? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on your Capricorn playlist, I don't listen to much of Bjork. You put Army of Me. And I was like, fuck this song rules. This song rules so hard. Badass. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's her I don't take shit song. Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) Oh, man. So What's your next one? Number five. We're getting into the top five, people. My number five album of all time is Feminist Sweepstakes by La Tigra, who's going on tour this year <laughs> yes, to nowhere near tour. me. <laughs> oh, I was sad to see that. I was super sad because I would pay big money. Anyway, uh, that doesn't matter. So this was the first album... Uh, that kind of started me on my my Riot Girl exploration of my early 20s. And um, I like all of La Tigre's albums. Even their big label one, I think, is really kind of underrated. And But this is the second album, Feminist Sweepstakes, is my absolute favorite. Because they just go hard on fucking being absolutely unapologetically feminist. And FYR is like the most the best fucking feminist anthem it calls out all this bullshit and racism and it has this amazing refrain of like feminists we're calling you please report to the front desk let's name this phenomenon it's too dumb to bring us down 
fuck, that song gets me pumped up every time I listen to it. Yeah, they're a good workout band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That song fucking rules. And uh, I feel like they were their most kind of, uh, like, politically punk in this album. And I, I, oh, shit. It just is so, so cool. They just did not give a fuck. And uh, I love that about them. Yeah, no, they rule. Um, okay. The next one is a new entry on Favorite. Uh, it is Untitled Unmastered, uh, Kendrick Lamar's 16, 2016 album of outtakes from To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, it was my first Kendrick Lamar record. <laughs> Which is kind of a weird choice because, like I said, it's outtakes from another album of his. To Pimp a Butterfly, this one. Uh, somebody, um, goodness, I think I don't know how it happened, but Spotify, you know, they just slip songs into your purview when you're um, looking for music. And I was making a hip hop playlist, and uh, I was looking for like jazz influenced sort of tracks and uh track six on this album untitled number six uh 6 2014 because they all have dates that go with them mm-hmm. uh was just so fucking smooth just like it starts with this bubbling bass and then like he gets into like the horns and this uh and it has like the smooth uh, singer on it. Her name's, I think her name's Anna Wise. Uh, he worked with her on that album. And yeah, I, it's just, it's got all these like kind of throwaway ideas that he like didn't put into Pimp, to Pimp a Butterfly. But for some reason, as a coherent whole, it works really, really well. Ooh. It's got a lot of great songs on it. Like, I don't understand how some of these songs didn't, like they, they, I'm glad he released this. I guess is what I'm saying because okay. it's uh, in some ways it's better to pimp a butterfly uh, than to pimp a butterfly. Um, there's beautiful moments on to pimp a butterfly. My favorite thing being the v- interview with Tupac at the end where he interviews Tupac. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, they use an old interview he did for I believe European television, and he asks Tupac questions and then they just use clips from that but you can't tell like I don't know you know if you listen to it you just it, you just think he's talking to Tupac it's very very uh surreal mm. um but yeah it's it's about so many different things like there's love songs on here there's songs about just sort of the things that were going on politically with uh black people in uh, this part of the teens and there's some like spiritual examinations and I don't know Kendrick Lamar has really just become one of my favorite rappers I just I really love his vulnerability and I love him trying to like I, I love hearing him trying to figure out what he feels about something through music um it, it just it's always very transcendent and, and mm. I've, I've just I've been digging him hardcore lately awesome I love that Ooh. And I think it's the only rap album on my list. Ooh. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nice. Um, my number four is It's Not Me, It's You by Lily Allen. And I love Lily Allen. I've always loved Lily Allen. And her first album, uh, 
all right still is a very british kind of like tongue-in-cheek cynical album very fun very funny and in this album which to me is still her standout album out of all the four albums she's done she gets a little deeper uh this more kind of sardonic kind of attitude and she's always been very clever with her lyrics and i've the 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 arrangement of this album is so gorgeously done and she still has some cheeky songs like she has a song called not fair about a guy that she's in love with emotionally but he just comes too soon and can't pleasure her sexually and <laughs> and it's very cheeky and funny and uh but i i don't know it's a, such a beautiful album and my favorite song on it is chinese which uh is just about her you know talking about like how she just wants nothing more than just just sit with uh, her person and just eat takeout Chinese and watch TV. And then later I found out that that song was about her mom, which makes it even more special because my mom also loves this song and we listen to Aww. it together a lot. So it's, That's it's sweet. It's definitely one of my favorite albums of hers. And, and uh, it, it, I listen to it a lot and it, it's just, it's just really, really good. I like it a lot. I like uh, Lily, Lily Allen a lot. I almost said Woody Allen. I don't like Woody Allen. I used to, <laughs> but he done fucked up. <laughs> I always forget, too, that she's married to David Harbour. And uh, David Harbour being um, in Stranger Things as the sheriff. And uh, they just got married fairly recently, but they're a cute couple, too. Cool. My number four is an album that is so good, you guys, but it's so sad. Um, mm. Figure Eight by Elliot Smith from 2000. Uh, just one of those albums that means a lot to me. Uh, one of my uh, Depression Hours albums. <laughs> uh, hmm, what's my favorite song on this? Um... There's a lot of great songs on this. I, ooh, I don't know. Let me try to pick one. Uh, L.A. L.A. has this great guitar riff. It's it's a little more upbeat than uh, the other tracks on the album. It's got this, like, really, I don't know if it's a chord change. I don't know how to talk about music. But there's like this chord change in the in the verses that just fucking breaks me. I don't know what it is, but mm. when he hits the note, I just cry. Um, <laughs> it's just so good. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite albums. Elliot Smith is somebody that like I had a really hard time narrowing it down to just one Elliot Smith album. I almost put two on here because mm-hmm. um, all of his albums are phenomenal. Like, dude did not have a bad album. His posthumous album, amazing. His mm. first album, amazing. The album that he did with the band Heat Miser that he did before he decided to do solo music, amazing. <laughs> the man had no bad steps. Nice. Nice. I need to listen <laughs> to more of him. I He's great. He made a playlist once of his songs and oh man, it was so beautiful. Aww. Well, we're getting into the top three. I know, and it's wild. My number three is... Just Another Diamond Day by Vashti Bunyan. And this is actually a, f- a folk album. 
which is interesting because most of my most of my selections have been pretty rock and roll but this album is just so beautiful and magical and it feels like a fairy tale listening to it and it has some very magical songs on the on the album but my favorite song is window over the bay where she's just singing of this magical house with a window overlooking the bay that she wishes she had it's such a simple song and it's so full of longing and achingly beautiful ah i love it so much yeah i um wait sorry i had a brain fart <laughs> i lost that button i'm sorry it's okay Good choice, though. Good choice. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's a beautiful album. I uh, she's also one of those voices that makes me cry. Yeah, yeah. Just love her to pieces. Um, my next album, uh, dear Sufjan Stevens, you're the best. Uh, uh, your album, The Age of Ads, is or it's it's Age of Odds. Uh, is just phenomenal like i don't even know how to talk about it like it's kind of a concept album but it's also him like so he released illinois in 2015 or excuse me in 2005 and that album was like the one that kind of made him and then he released like everybody thought he was going to release an album out each one of the 50 states and he kind of abandoned that and he released a few albums before this one this one was in 2010 um, but they were like Christmas albums and instrumental albums. And then there's an Illinois outtakes album. But the Age of Ads was like the first proper album. And it's kind of about the life of this outsider artist. Um, hold on, let me get his name. I'm gonna get the name of this artist royal robertson he was a schizophrenic artist who um did uh his art's on the album cover and he just was like putting words in his art and all this stuff so he wrote it was kind of about him but it's also sufyan getting into electronic music because like the last album he had done uh well he had done an electronic album but it was all instrumentals but he kind of is all over the place is what I'm getting at. But he was known for making folk music. So mm-hmm. when this came out, this was like a huge departure. And people were like, this is weird. There's like 22 minute songs on here. Um, what the fuck? But I think it's amazing. I think it's ambitious. I think it's epic. I think it's personal. I th- there's a song where he like addresses himself. There's a few songs where he addresses himself. <laughs> um, where he calls himself out by name. It's how I learned how to pronounce Sufjan. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's songs about, you know, his favorite subject, which is Jesus. There's songs about gay love. Uh, my favorite track on this is this anthem to health called I Want to Be Well, uh, which is a long song just about this illness that he had that almost killed him and how he just wants to feel better and he's frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and shout out to the track after that the 22 minute impossible soul which is just this very weird duet um i love it so much this is one of my favorite albums like i mean they're all my favorite albums uh that's kind of goes without saying but ah uh, i love it i love it so much <laughs> <laughs> awesome gotta talk like cookie monster i love it so much yeah uh, yeah when you get into the cookie monster kind of like a uh, feeling of love you know it's real 
Yes! <laughs> well, my number two album is the Ramones' first album, which was just called Ramones. And these guys changed punk forever. Like, I don't... I'll fucking go to my grave. They are the greatest punk band of that era. Sorry, everyone else. But I just think (laughs) they were so influential in a way I don't think many people know or appreciate. And just everything they did from their influences of girl groups and old rock and just like their, their focus on like power chords, which is awesome. And then just their, their kind of like bratty punk lyrics uh, and just and the the vocalist Joey Ramone was so unique and I and it, it just it makes it so timeless and they were just so much fun they loved B movies they loved Roger Corman they loved comic books they were just a fun band having a fun time and I really great. really love that about them and all of their albums are fucking great and this one though is a great is just like the greatest of them all and my favorite song on it is judy is a punk which is a great 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 song and they're so cheeky too because they're like second verse same as the first and it's just like it's just (laughs) very very fun rock and roll and they've always been like that and they never took themselves too seriously and uh they just they just looked and they they kind of created that iconic look of like the ripped jeans and the leather jackets that so many people did and they're just such a cool band i don't usually go for all dude bands i love women voices i always will but man i love this band i love them so fucking much they're great oh i I love them as well uh i don't know if i'd call them a favorite punk band from that era they're in the top three uh I'm a big Clash girl, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they're great. Um, I just saw a clip. Somebody posted on Instagram of Joey Ramone's mom singing Beat on the Brat on Geraldo. Oh. <laughs> she's, she's sitting right next to him. It's the cutest thing in the world. Oh, I love um, it. My number two is another David Bowie album. It is... <laughs> Uh, his experimental album Low from Ooh. 1997, which I just fucking love this album. It's it's famously the A side is all like conventional, uh, well not conventional, but like uh, sort of uh, they're David Bowie songs and they've got lyrics and uh, you know. Uh, there's some experimentation going on, but it's nothing, you know, too wild. And then the B side, it's all instrumentals. There's a song in a made up language. <laughs> uh, this is when he was working in uh, Berlin and he started to collaborate with Brian Eno. And it's just a beautiful album. Um, my favorite song on it is eh, hard to pick as always. Uh, it would have to be a tie between Sound and Vision and Always Crashing in the Same Car, which are back-to-back on the album. Mm. Sound and Vision... Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I just said ooh. Sound and Vision is just this, like, catchy bit of, like, kind of funky glam pop. Uh, and then Always Crashing in the Same Car is this, like, 
slow, luxuriously sumptuous sort of observation on like addiction. Uh, and I just love it so much. Um, oh. Yeah. And the way he just sings the very last chorus is so beautiful. And I love his voice. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Destiny uh, got me started on David Bowie by exposing me to two albums of his. And one of them was this one. And this was the one that I gravitated towards. And it is such a gorgeous album. I love it yes. so much. Yeah, it is um, a perfect album. It's yeah. a perfect album. Yeah, I agree. Well, we have made it to our number ones. And my number one album is Come On DJ by Mr. Airplane Man. This was nice. a band that was really big in the early 2000s. And to me, to me, they really encompass everything that is great about garage rock. They, they, uh, they do covers, which I feel like a lot of garage rock bands do this because a lot of the garage singles of the 60s have kind of been lost to time. And so a way uh, these garage bands kind of pay homage to that is they'll do covers of them, which is uh, really kind of cool. And so it's filled with some covers and um, Mr. Airplane Man really loved Howlin' Wolf. So there's a couple of covers of his songs as well across their albums. But for the most part, they are just a very grungy uh, garage duo, just guitar and uh, drums. And these women just knew how to rock and roll. They, it is like, to me, the pinnacle of garage rock, which a lot of people would disagree with me, but I don't give a fuck. And I just, my favorite song on this album is Don't Know Why. It has four chords. And it's just a simple song about her singing like, you know, she likes this guy, but he always kind of ghosts her and she doesn't know why he does it. And it's like weird and sad and sounds kind of like it has a lot of eerie echo vibration. And uh, on a couple of these tracks, they have an organ and this one has an organ in it playing a few notes. But like Mr. Airplane Man was like the they were the queens of simplicity. Like I remember Margaret Garrett, who was the singer and guitarist. She said she loved one chord songs. And I just think this the minimalist of the minimalism of their band I, I, is really unique. And uh, man, they could rock out. I wish I could have seen them live, but uh, they were so cool. That's a good band. I also like that song. Don't know why. It's the only, I think I only know a couple of their songs. I need to go back and listen to that album. Yeah. So I had a good. friend in high school that really liked that band. And then, um, you were also somebody that spoke highly of them, but I never went and listened to the albums. Aww. Gotta fix that. Gotta fix yeah. it. Gotta fix it. Well, what's your number one album? My number one, to the surprise of absolutely no one, is <laughs> In Rainbows by Radiohead. <laughs> uh, yes, there are many Radiohead albums I could have put at the top, but why do you ask uh why why you ask do I, did i pick in rainbows um it slapped one it's like kind of dancey it's really really like um it's like the opposite of okay computer where they're like really angry and really cynical and sort of almost scared in okay computer they are 
mindful and happy and uh, insightful and want to make a connection, I feel like, in in Rainbows. Uh, this was the album that they famously disrupted the record industry with by just selling it themselves for a pay-what-you-want price. Oh. Um, they put out two discs of music. So I, when I say In Rainbows, I'm saying the complete thing, both discs. Um, it's just a beautiful album. It's got a great rainbow motif. I saw them live on this tour. That was the first time I saw Radiohead. Um, and it will always be one of my, it'll be on my deathbed montage, I always say. Me saying Radiohead. Um, just one of the most magical nights of my life. Um... My favorite song on disc one, I'm going to cheat and pick two for each disc, um, one for each disc, I mean. Uh, my favorite song on the first disc is Reckoner, which is this like really floaty, pretty sort of, I don't know what the song is about, but whatever he's saying, it touches me. Yeah. And then <laughs> my favorite song on the second disc is this like kind of um, frenetic driving song called bangers and mash that just makes me like really happy um this is an album that i just wore the fuck out i got it on vinyl i got it on cd i have it digitally like i have this album in so many formats i've paid for it so many different ways Uh, i don't remember what i originally paid for it but uh i did give them money um so yeah really love love my boys from oxford Love my Oxford boys. I'm going to see The Smile in July, and I cannot wait. Ooh. Because um, Tom York is going to sweat on me. I know it. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sitting in the front row? Uh, we're, in, we're, we're in front, but I don't know how, how front we are. Okay. But it's going to be me, our friend Tracy, and our friend Tiffy, and we're going to have a good time. Radiohead buddies. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's my number one. And, uh, I, I, I think for the future of this list, I'd, I'd love for it to be more like even more eclectic than it is. It's kind of all over the place, but like I was reaching out to like, I gravitated towards things that just kind of hit me on a visceral level. And those are the 10 albums for me. I did the same thing. Like it was the ones that really hit me on a visceral level. Yeah, and then, like, I tried to relate it to what I'm listening to now instead of... Because I realized a lot of my favorite albums on my old list when I was doing this before, like, it were just albums I hadn't listened to since I was, like, 23. And I'm like, I need to update this list. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get it. Like, again, totally get it. Yeah, like, I would have put My Bloody Valentine's Loveless on it, but it's like, I love that album, but I... 36-year-old Destiny doesn't like that album as much as uh, 25-year-old Destiny. That's so (laughs) interesting because I also almost put Loveless on this album. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. (laughs) I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I will put it on right the fuck now. But, like, it's just, it doesn't hit as hard to me as some of these other albums. Yeah. And then, like, what else did I have as an honorable mention? I actually took a screenshot of what I said in the group chat were my honorable mentions. So I'm just going to throw them out really quick. If you don't mind, I do not. Uh, um, and if you have any, I'd love to hear them, but 
uh, Rides Nowhere is an album where like I cannot skip, skip a track. It's a classic shoegaze album. The Cocktoo Twins Heaven or Las Vegas, also another classic shoegaze album, which is just a, a genre that when I was in my 20s, that was a genre that was my favorite. It's still one of my favorite genres, but uh you know none of the favorite albums made it uh another sufian stevens album carrie and lowell which is a very sad album about having lost uh two parental figures and uh saint vincent's mass seduction radiohead's kid a which is of course my first radiohead album and prince's purple rain Ooh, those are all good honorable mentions Thank i have you. a few as well uh Despite the Beatles being a huge influence on me, I did not include a Beatles album. But if I did, it would probably be Help. Um, The album rules. And Mine uh, would be Revolver. That's my favorite Beatles album. That's a good one, too. And then um, TLC's Fan Mail, which was a huge influence on me. (laughs) I love the kind of futuristic vibes that they had in that album. Very cool. Um, And then uh, Madonna's Music. Uh, I really think that album is kind of underrated because, I don't know, I like the kind of country uh, uh, techno vibes it had. I thought it was really unique. I really thought it was cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, those are some of my kind of honorable honorable mentions. I also had another like garage rock band that I was going to include, Oblivion's popular favorites. But I felt like uh, Mr. Airplane Man is like the the king of garage rock for me. So I like my list and I like where it stands right now. And I'll be curious me to too. revisit it in 10 years time. Right? Like I'll probably always look at it maybe uh, on a yearly basis just to see if I still feel the same just for the hell of it. Cause that's the yeah. kind of weirdo I am. I keep a journal, like I've been keeping one since I was nine years old. So it's, there's always going to be some sort of, music list on it. yeah so it'll be interesting and we'll maybe update our you know if we get new albums in our lives we'll talk about them here of course for sure but uh thank you for listening to our top 10 album uh podcast and uh what are some of your favorite albums what are your top 10 albums email us at badlandgirls at gmail.com and let us know i'm curious i love to know what other people are listening to it's how i find a lot of my new music actually Me too yeah, yeah. If you have recommendations if there's like a genre that you love and you want to share it and you're like this is the perfect encapsulation of this genre like i love shit like that yeah same uh but you know you can find our podcast on abnormal mapping thank you abnormal mapping for hosting us at abnormalmapping.com uh, slash badland girls and you could find classic episodes of this podcast at badlandgirls.com uh, and we are uh, synced to all your favorite podcatching apps, so catch us on one of those. And if you ever see one that we're not on, just email badlandgirls at gmail.com and I'll fix it. And uh, Destiny is on another podcast, Repertory Screenings. And Destiny, what are you watching? Well, we just watched A Man for All Seasons, so I think that episode is, yeah, that's out. Okay. And our next film is, oh my God, what the hell did I pick? Neon Demon. Oh, ooh. Ooh, I've never so, seen it, so I'm really excited. Yeah, definitely have to talk about that when we get together again, because I'm very curious. Uh, but yeah, oh, we're also on all the social medias. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But until next time, always, always pizza rolls. rolls.